0: Hello, Ethan. It is your girl, The Legits, by
1: Sasha Banks.
0: The Wrestling one Hey everybody it's the wrestling life it's episode 265 it is may 7 2021 i'm ethan and i'm liam liam we have so much to talk about this week
1: and as always so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and the only wrestling podcast
0: yeah you know it's been i feel like it's been a few weeks since we've done a program probably because you would think with uh my job being working for a pro wrestling website now that I might have more time to devote to wrestling. Uh, False. I have less time to devote to wrestling. (laughs) So I've been pretty much in new Japan mode for the last three weeks as they've been running shows every other freaking day. (laughs) Uh, They ran two big shows this week. There's stuff going on there. We can get to that in a little bit. Not as many people care about that as, about the two major promotions that are on basic cable in the United States, AEW and WWE. And let's start with the WrestleMania backlash build, if you want to call it that. They have three matches announced for that show so far. The women's title match on each show, and then the Drew Braun-Bob Lashley match for the WWE title. Not feeling the buzz for the show. Uh, that's one week from
1: Sunday, are you? Yeah, I mean you you seem like maybe they're they're trying to jazz it up this year cuz obviously it's not just Backlash, it's Wrestlemania Backlash. Like they're trying to get a little residual like brand recognition on the show this year with that name or whatever. And it's like, "Oh, okay, so they're going are they going to do like a big big time match?" Uh, the answer is no. Uh, they are not. They're doing mostly the same matches or variations on the same matches. So far, um, and seems like we'll get a, a thrown together undercard in probably the last six days or so before the show. Uh, so they are not exactly uh, trying their hardest, but hey, uh, you know, they don't have to.
0: That's right. The, the most interesting thing coming out of WWE of late, uh, besides I think Sasha Banks being away filming The Mandalorian, would be Daniel Bryan's contract expiring. He's a free agent. And Lots of buzz, a lot of speculation. By the way, did you listen to Wrestling Observer Radio this Wednesday? Uh, I did, yes. Okay, did you catch Dave Meltzer's reference to uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Having flashbacks, Daniel Bryan, that kind of thing?
1: Yes, and it was mostly funny because Brian Alvarez decidedly did not get what Dave was trying to say. (laughs) Did you get what Dave was trying to say? I assume he was talking about Pillman getting out of WCW and then ending up in ECW and WWF.
0: Right. And him being on the phone with Pillman all the time. Yes. Talk, talking through that stuff. So the implication being he's on the phone with Brian all the time, talking through this stuff right now. <laughs> right. And so everybody was like, Oh, he's the, what dark thing is going to happen with Daniel Bryan? And it's like nothing. Dave is just talking to him a lot.
1: <laughs> yes. Like, and th- this week is the, the debut of the Pillman dark side of the ring which is right where that connection fits in. Yes. Right.
0: I, so that's what that was. But anyway, uh yeah, his contracts up. Everybody wants him. WWE wants to keep him very badly. What do you think happens?
1: I think he resigns. Like <laughs> I'm not happy about it, but it's like I feel like if he was going to go, he would have went the last time his contract came due in 18 or whatever that was. Right. Like he's he makes good money. He doesn't work a particularly hard schedule, especially now. Um, could probably, for the most part, call his own shots as to who, who, and when he wants to work. And you know, he's he's got his wife. You know, his wife works with the company. Like I, like I just don't see. I would like to see him anywhere, but in WWE. <laughs> but I don't. But I don't see it. <laughs> no matter how much i wish it weren't so as no matter how much i want to see him like having an insane like bloody brawl with blue demon in in arena mexico or uh or the murder clown of course um (laughs) or you know go obviously obviously your mind races to him doing the g1 or something and and how exciting that could be um i mean aew would be fine there isn't as many like dream matches in that company that I can think of for him there compared to like seeing him square off with Okada or, or, you know, some of those other big stars, but obviously, you know, if you could set up a Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega match, that probably sell a few pay-per-views. So yeah, I think, I think there's, it would be almost everywhere, but WWE would be more exciting for Brian Daniels, for me to see Daniel Bryan wrestle in, but I just don't see it happen. This feels very much like the Ray Mysterio stuff from last year to me.
0: So you're much more definitive on it than I am. Like I, I feel like if his wife, if his wife was still there working every day or every week, as the case may be, uh, I think it would be more of a slam dunk given that I don't really know her contract status. I don't know if she's in a contract to them or exactly what the deal is or how serious she and Nikki are about coming back and having another run. I don't know. I'm I'm not as definitive as you are, but.
1: I've just just been hurt too many times before. (laughs) I was so excited when he came back and they put him in a tag team with Shane McMahon. and, And then they did nothing with him for six months and turned him heel. And it's really just. It's just, they've bummed me out on Daniel Bryan that I am terrified of getting excited for anything involving <laughs> Daniel Bryan at this point.
0: That's fair. My thing is, like, he definitely wants to do the globe trotting thing, picking his spots, where he wants to work, when he wants to work. It's like, all right, well, he's only, was he 39? He'll be 40 this year, I think.
1: I believe so, yeah.
0: So, you know, he doesn't have forever, but also you know he's gonna wrestle 10 15 more years (laughs) so so he doesn't necessarily need to do that tomorrow right i mean
1: i suppose i just i just feel like the longer that's like the other thing is like if i feel like if he doesn't leave now he's really just never leaving (laughs) right um and again, if that if that's what he wants to do, if he's happy with that decision, he gave an interview, I forget who it was with It might have been like the stool wrestling guy or something where he was like, he talked about wrestling in the main event of WrestleMania this year and feeling absolutely nothing. Yes. So like, <laughs> that would certainly suggest that he is is not super happy even being at sort of a top spot in wwe at this point he's kind of done all that he can do there right um but at the same time i didn't necessarily get the i haven't gotten the vibe that he's like a moxley case who was like moxley made it very clear in that first jericho interview when he left wwe he's like i love pro wrestling i want to be a part of pro wrestling forever. I don't want to be in WWE. <laughs> right. And right. I don't know. I didn't necessarily get that sense from that Brian interview where he's like, I love wrestling. I still have this desire to go everywhere and wrestle all over the place. I feel like I was getting the vibes of like, I'm I'm think I'm like I'm about done being a full-time wrestler. <laughs> well that that could be too.
0: That that could be too. And if that's the case, WWE's the best place for him, oh. right?
1: I mean <laughs> Sure. Can, I mean, if he gets a Goldberg deal or something, makes like a you know one point right. five million a year to wrestle four times, right? Or, you know,
0: if if the whole thing is he wants to spend more time with his kids who are young and get sad when he goes away for two weeks at a time, um, is that going to be better if he's going all over the world to wrestle, <laughs> or is it going to be better if he? flies to florida and is away in florida three or four days a week you know what i mean
1: like yeah i mean i guess it, again it's that thing if he does if he does two tours of japan a year and he's home the other 50 weeks of the year or the other you know 40 48 weeks of the year maybe that's more palatable because he's there for longer stretches as opposed to flying out to florida once a week or whatever but yeah if he's just but if he's on a part-time schedule like you're saying then yeah absolutely that's You know, it's a lot easier if something is important going on in their lives or if there's a a problem or an emergency, you can get home from Orlando a lot faster than than uh, Tokyo. Sure. Do you think there's any
0: chance because I think in his perfect world, I don't know this, but I obviously but I think his dream scenario would be I get to work WWE and they also let me work CMLL. Mm Is there any chance that they make an exception for him and let him do something like that?
1: I think it might again be the Moxley thing. I feel like there was talk that someone had a conversation with triple H and he was like, Oh, do you want to go work new Japan? Maybe we can work something out when he was right. trying to get someone to resign who didn't want to resign. Right. I don't remember if that was Moxley or not.
0: But... I don't remember. I don't remember either. It might've been Gallup. I mean, the only guys, other guys that come to mind would be Gallows and Anderson, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it might have been, it might have been Moxley then, but I think you I specifically said like Triple H floated that. Right. But I don't, you know, I think Triple H probably says a lot of things. <laughs> they, WWE, you know, Johnny Ace and, uh, you know, formerly, the, the formerly Mark Carano's office probably would <laughs> make a lot of promises or allusions to promises uh in uh, <laughs> when you when you're trying to get somebody's name on a dotted line so they don't leave, but, right, right, yeah. So maybe, but like, I mean, how many how many WWE guys, other than unless you count them going to like the the UK guy, letting the UK guys work the UK Indies. Um, there aren't a lot of examples of them letting guys, especially not like a show that high profile, like a a big show in, in Mexico like that.
0: Not not in. 25 28 30 years but like hogan in the 80s hogan in the early 90s sure (laughs) andre all through the 80s like i know it was a different world back then but i guess it depends where the old man's brain is
1: well i was gonna say well the old man definitely likes to pretend it's 1987 (laughs) with some of the guys that are getting pushed on on the television so maybe we can trick him into a into letting Brian do a tour of Mexico and a tour of Japan or something.
0: Yeah. He's definitely into pushing big guys who can't work and who like to do a lot of squeezing in their matches (laughs) right, right now. Meanwhile, Ricochet and Mustafa Ali are just having absolute bangers on main event
1: yeah they're like shooting little promos with the with the guy that used to work i think used to do the ott video packages that people would rave about in ireland okay uh yeah they're working they're working hard with, and i think borash is probably involved as well but i, I think specifically they hired the, that guy from ott and uh yeah i think they're working with them doing shooting promos for it they're doing all this stuff on social media to try to do it it feels very um it's a step up in quality for sure but this is like the type of thing matt hardy would do on his youtube channel <laughs> when he was like a job guy on smackdown in 2009 and he's like sure. he's like i'm i'm in a big feud with drew mcintyre i'm gonna cut all of these promos on on my youtube channel and it's like oh, okay sure yeah <laughs> like right. you just I descri- appreciate that they're not just sitting there but also like right you, you just
0: know. described what how i think of zack Ryder.
1: Well, Zack Ryder worked though, <laughs> like for a while. <laughs> That's the exception to that rule, I think, okay. more than the uh, maybe, maybe the exception that proves the rule. But yeah, Zack Ryder, okay, did a cop did a mostly comedic web show okay. that popped a, a lot of the a lot of the boys in the locker room, and it okay they got so annoyed by it they tried to <laughs> they they decided to ruin his life,
0: okay. <laughs> I just like winding you up
1: about Zack credit
0: Um, yeah. So Vince is into pushing uh, big, big guys who can't move right now, and uh, Johnny Ace is all about hiring uh, all the swimsuit models back as uh, all right. Everything, Eva Marie, the Evolution, which uh, uh, they trademarked this week, the Evolution has returned to WWE.
1: Well, first things for she's got to come out to the evolution music right I wouldn't I mean
0: it's 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 one of
1: hundred songs like is she full of change that no one sees
0: I, I don't know it's none of my business
1: well it's a mystery you know <laughs> right I, I understand
0: what you're doing yeah <laughs> I'm not sure how many people know <laughs> the lyrics to the
1: evolution theme in in and out I feel like there's at least I mean, that's like the first line. So <laughs> that's not all I personally know either. But, uh, all right. That's fair. Yes. It is one of Hunter's, uh, big, big, uh, big important motor, motorhead songs. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So she's coming back.
1: Get any thoughts on that? So the two things one, it's not like she can make the show any worse. Right. Like, who cares? <laughs> this is true. Like I understand the idea of people who are going, oh, they didn't know or couldn't figure out something to do with Peyton Royce or Billy Kay or Mickey James or Chelsea Green or all these other women they just fired, right. but they're bringing back a woman who is not a particularly charismatic figure, um, uh, very attractive, and uh, but I think she just she just coming off a. I'm going to guess not particularly successful attempt in uh, in Hollywood. Sure. Um, and now she's back and she was not a particularly good wrestler. Never got so, it. Never understood how to work. Had like one really good match that was taped and edited with Bailey and NXT uh, years <laughs> ago. Sure. Um, which was, it was a lot more storyline than match. And again, right. I'm not... I'm not saying anything against her as a person she's getting paid good for her but like like is she gonna add anything to the shows no is she gonna is she gonna make the shows any worse also no in my opinion I understand people that were frustrated with all the all the talent that got let go but also it's not like they didn't fire them to hire her like she was rumored for the Rumble, I think. Like, she's been back in the fold or near back in the fold for a while now, correct? She signed, like, six
0: or seven months ago and, like, has been working out. Like, I don't know if it's with Kendrick or whoever they send people to in Southern California. <laughs> like, right. that, that's who she's been working with for, like, six months. So I think they are just waiting for, the, like, the right opportunity to bring her back. Yeah, I mean, that's... it's. But right it, it wasn't hey let's fire Mickey and hire her it's like right. they they've and even when she left it always felt like it was more than just the standard all the doors always open like it felt like this was always the plan was well, she was going to go away for a while try the acting thing but she was going to come back like i i always came away with the impression that she was going to come back
1: i mean i just kind of assumed that they invested a lot in her sure right like they don't send every woman in that performance center to have like private wrestling lessons with right right with you know a guy who at the time i don't even think was on the payroll like right they went out of their way to try to make her passable enough in the ring right um so they invest yeah so i always got the impression that barring her like getting a really good agent and <laughs> wowing us with like some, some hidden acting acting talents that there was a pretty strong chance she was going to end up back in back in wrestling in some in some form or fashion. I, I don't know. Like, I don't, and again, I don't, we don't know if she's going to wrestle. We don't know if she's right. going to be a manager. Like you said, she's been working out in, in LA or whatever. So probably going to be a wrestler. But again, it's like Lana's on the show every week guys. Right. Like, Right. There's no, there's no bottom to, <laughs> to right. this anymore. Like we're back. Like the divas are back. Johnny Ace is back in charge, baby. Like, right. like wrestling talent is not what's important right now. If you're a woman in WWE, and I don't say that to disparage women. I'm sure they all work very hard. But if you look at who is like on television regularly right now, it's like Dana Brooke and Lana, <laughs> and and Reginald, of course, but, star of the uh, women's division. That's right, the protagonist of WWE, (laughs) Reginald. Um, But yeah, there aren't a lot of women being (laughs) featured, and the women that are being featured are mostly very attractive women who aren't necessarily great professional wrestlers. You know, there are
0: certain elements of pro wrestling that Nia Jax is good at, like the character stuff, I feel like she's good at. Mm -hmm. To your point, she wrestles on TV like three times a week. (laughs) Like, like, how much worse could it get?
1: Right. <laughs> and like, And you'd think wrestling that often on television she'd be better than she is, but she's gotten worse over the last... Well, physically... Last years. I'm
0: going to sound like Jim Ross here. Physically, she... can't do as much as she used to be able to do. And as a result has actually gotten worse as a worker.
1: <laughs> yeah. And again, it doesn't necessarily help her that she is generally working with Lana every week. Right. And Lana and Dana
0: Brooke and I don't know what happened to Mandy. Mandy can't work anymore. So
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Like there's a lot of those those people that from that class of call-ups where I was like, they're they're good. Like they're gonna and they're a couple giving them a couple more years. They'll be great. Yeah. And they did not get any better and a lot of them got worse. Yep. <laughs> it's,
0: it's really weird. Albert didn't teach them how to do calisthenics well enough.
1: Well, I don't I don't want to blame Albert too much for this one because you know they were out of Albert's hands once they get called up to the main roster. It's you know, <laughs> Dean Malenko and whoever were whoever were the agents were at the time. Billy Kidman wasn't uh <laughs> right. wasn't doing him any favors with the with the agent thing or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Abyss is not a, did not do a great job of agenting so uh, Sonia and Mandy's matches over the last couple of years.
0: Right. By the way, do we, we, we ever talk about on the air how all the foot stuff started once Jeff Jarrett got rehired? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't. I don't know if we ever I think we've talked about how there's weird fetish stuff all over women's segments in WWE for the last year. year oh a, a ahead, thousand a thousand percent. We've definitely <laughs> talked about that, but I don't know if we've directly connected it to the rehiring of Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> look, I'm not pointing fingers. All I'm saying is
0: look, there was never anybody barefoot in the WWE ring for like three decades since Jimmy Snuka. And then now every other week there's a woman on TV in the ring with her shoes off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of answers for you. There's like I said, it's just there's a lot of you're you know not very good wrestling, and then you got whatever pervert crap Alexa yep. Bliss is doing, and yep, real and, weird, and then uh, Rhea Ripley said uh, said on uh, this week in an interview that she's taking acting classes to try to give herself more confidence because she's the Raw Women's Champion on national television and she's having a crisis of conscience.
0: <laughs> and right. I don't
1: blame her mental state for that. I just want to be clear: I'm not mocking her. I'm like good for her. She's trying to better herself, trying to get more confident, but also. Right. What is this performance center for? What is NXT <laughs> for? If not to prepare these people to be on national television on Raw or SmackDown.
0: And also what feedback are you getting like on your promos that like, okay, some people need um, kind of tough love and some people need, a more sandwich compliment approach to criticism it's like Mm -hmm. what kind of feedback is she getting on her promos that like i don't think she's knocked it out of the park with her promos but she's far from the worst promo on wwe television it's like what what have they done to mess up mess up her mind (laughs) right i mean that she's gotta that she feels that way i mean it's kind of your
1: point but yeah we'll have to wait for the the wwe 365 where this is spun into a positive somehow good lord you see that video of Liv morgan tearing it up in the ring yeah yeah she looks great imagine <laughs> not being able to figure out something to do with her on a on your five hours of of network television that you have to run every week dang this thing did you see any nxt this week uh, I saw parts of the main event uh, with Shotzi and Ember Moon against Aunt Candace and and Indy Hartwell. Yeah, I kind of
0: zipped through the show on DVR, and I watched the the carrying cross, Finn Bauer, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne eh, segment. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's you know, carrying cross looks like a mechanic from Missouri, uh, but <laughs> particularly if you were to shave that goatee, or like he is just screams midwest united states mechanic to me
1: he looks like an alt-right youtuber uh, yeah
0: yeah like you definitely think he has an like an all lives matter or blue lives matter sign somewhere in his house mm-hmm. um but that was fine but the main event um i think it was like an all-time great street fight or anything but there were some good spots in there and my wwe champion chaisee blackheart uh <laughs> <laughs> that kid is just fearless she throws her she throws herself around i felt bad for her and canvas because they were too light to break the ladder
1: yes that was... <laughs> they, did,
0: they did like a spot off the post through a ladder and they were too light to actually go through the ladder so they kind of bounced up into the air and then fell on the ground yeah like, oh boy and she shot she took another crazy bump there but she made fun of uh chris jericho taking a a stunt <laughs> bump on this week's AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts. And uh, for that, uh, I mean, I've said since I watched like an NXT like six months ago that Shotzi should be WWE champion. And I only believe that more so today uh, <laughs> after she took a shot at Chris Jericho on Twitter. Uh, AEW, AEW had their blood, big Blood and Guts show this week. What do you think? Of the whole show or just the Blood and Guts match? Mm. However, you want to attack it. You want to attack the match first and then the show second or the match last.
1: Yeah, I mean the match match feels I guess the most important, so we can leave with that. Yeah, if you get to um, QT, burying QT, you get to burying QT, you know. Exactly. Oh we'll 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 get to that. <laughs> Don't you worry. Um, so the match, it reminded me, and I, and I feel like everything I say about this is gonna be construed wrong by somebody, but whatever. Um who who <laughs> Who's, who's even listening? It's not a huge listenership. Uh, yes. Anyway, I was reminded of the barbed wire exploding death match from the last per review. Sure. In that the most of the work in the match I thought was very, very good. Right. There was a lot of guys who are talented and Sean Spears working very hard. <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, even Sean Spears, I thought was really good in the match. That's how complimentary I am of the first half of this match.
0: He fundamentally used to be very good.
1: Like, yeah, I, like I mean, the knock on him was never that he was a bad wrestler. You know, that's, right. there's a reason they had him in OBW working with all these big lugs. Right. For all those years. Right. Uh, and FCW. And um, a <laughs> reason he lasted that long in that system. Um, but he was good. Sammy Guevara, very good. Santana Ortiz were great. Uh even Jake Hager. I thought when he got in there and is doing his big like doing giving everybody big boots and stuff, I was like, Yeah, this is fun. I'm really enjoying this. And that guy and, hasn't had a good match in like a decade. <laughs> when did he wrestle Christian for the ECW title? That's the last time I remember enjoying a Jack Swagger match.
0: Probably 2009.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so anyway. I was really enjoying it. And then they get to it and everybody's in in the cage. And then there's like a good, like, and there's two like quick sequential commercial breaks right after each other. Like they go to a commercial right as like all five guys are in, mm-hmm. or right before. And then like they come back, everybody's in, there's a couple minutes of brawling, and then there's a lot of standing. <laughs> and Jericho is like visibly audibly on the thing, like asking Aubrey for a time cue. <laughs> repeatedly, <laughs> like he's just talking to her, and the cameras just is fo- like getting close-ups of him. <laughs> um, Maybe it was only for like thirty seconds; felt very long. So I'm like he's just very clearly talking to the ref, asking her or telling her a cute time cue or something. Because I guess they were trying to time it of right. coming back out of that last commercial to to start climbing the cage or whatever, right? Which again, things happen live TV, whatever, but. So there's like, I thought there's like a middle part there even before they start climbing where it kind of breaks down. But then they start to climb. And I'll just say, regardless of the stunt bump, which Shotzi Blackheart and everyone else, I think is right to make fun of because they did not hide the crash pad well at all or the cardboard boxes apparently that he (laughs) fell on. wasn't an actual real uh, crash pad um they didn't they did a bad job and more more most importantly they did a terrible job of filming it so that you could immediately see that he fell on a crash pad and that the the quote-unquote steel grates were cardboard (laughs) like sure i blame the cameraman much more than i blame chris jericho for not wanting you know for 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 taking a a a, you know a safer bump or whatever but Regardless of all that, because, again, you want hot takes on whether that's good or bad or, you know, people like, oh, people wanted Chris Jericho to kill himself. And I was, like, no, I think people just wanted it to look less lame. Right. Uh, you know, same thing with the barbed wire match in that way. Like, I, no one wanted John Moxley to actually be blown up. They just wanted it to not. They wanted more than three sparklers and a, a smoke machine, going <laughs> off, you know? Right. Uh, so it's the same sort of thing. Like, if you shot it differently, if you, if you show him shoved off and then you cut to, like, a side view of Jericho falling, I think it would be fine. Um, I say all of that to say that even if this bump had looked great and it was the most vicious, terrible bump anyone's ever taken and put Mick Foley to shame, I still wouldn't have liked it because I felt, and they didn't say this overtly, but I felt like this was sold on, this isn't the TNA war, war Games. This isn't the WWE War Games. We're not doing stunts. This is a fight. Right. And so I wanted to see guys get brutalized. And we, we got that for about 75% of the match. And I was loving it. And then they decided to do a big stunt. And on top of it, the stump, stunt was lame. <laughs> So, like, I would have much preferred somebody gets beaten down, maybe, like, you know, Harwood or whichever one of them does, like, the leg lock. You put Jericho in that, and then MJF puts on the arm bar, and Jericho's fighting in two submissions, and all the other guys are down, and he fights and fights and fights and finally gives up. Because then, it's not really a fair fight, but you still put over your heels really strongly. Doing I, I thought it was too cute to do the the friend throws in the. T- it's like throw. It's like yeah. It's like Arnold Scalin throwing in the towel for Bob Backlund. Like it's lame. <laughs> like it's lame. It was a lame to have that be the the final. That was the surrender part. Was Sammy begging MJF not to throw Jericho off the the cage, and then Jericho getting thrown off the cage was also lame. But to me, like I said, like the heart of the issue for me is. It didn't need to go to the top of the cage. Just do what, you know, just Jericho would not have been ruined if he tapped out with two or three guys putting him in different submission holes at once or whatever, whatever creative thing you wanted to do where somebody just gave up in the cage. Like it would have been fine. It wouldn't have killed the baby faces if they were going to lose this to do it that way. But that's what they did. And here we are. (laughs) So whenever they get criticism for something,
0: everybody's like, it's not fair to criticize them for this. Not everybody. There are people that say it's not fair to criticize them for this, to which you kind of just said, and I am saying, they do this to themselves. They booked an exploding barbed wire death match. They booked it so a guy was going to get thrown off the top of a cage. (laughs) We didn't book that. Right. They booked that. Correct. So so if
1: it doesn't look good,
0: that's not my fault. That's your fault.
1: By your fault you mean AEW's fault, not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course it's. It I was mean. me guy. It was me guys. I told Tony <laughs> Khan to do it in the cage and I was wrong.
0: Of course, that's what I meant. It's of course, it's it's AEW's fault. Yeah. <laughs> None of us booked them into the corner. They booked themselves into the corner.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like I said, and it's, it's a shame because i people, you know, I like Sammy Guevara tweeted a picture like his arm had this giant laceration that he had stitches in that's, like bruises that's... and welts and all. And, and like, I'm not saying like, Oh, poor him. I'm just saying like those guys, everybody in the match were really, really hard. And if they had just, I felt delivered on what they promised which was a big mean bloody fight in the cages in the cage, in the two rings different (laughs) than the stunt bump have focused WWE or TNA war games of the last two decades. Right. I think everyone today would be, man, they knocked it out of the park with that, whatever criticisms you have of it, that match was great. Right. And instead we're talking about crash pads and cardboard boxes and the very nature of criticism right because they chose to do the stunt bump instead of you know again if you've done 10 of these matches and you want to do a spot where a guy goes to the top of the cage great and again i this is again where i don't like i don't like what because i saw a lot of you know first ever hell in a cell match uh you know sean got out of the cage and climbed to the top and and there was interference and Kane and dx and everybody ran right. in. it's like right Okay.
0: What does that have to do with anything?
1: I don't know. WWE
0: because... has never understood how to book cage matches. What does that have to do with anything?
1: Right. And again, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't our idea <laughs> for, talk, for you to talk about, you know, the first match harkening back to 1987. Like you specifically invoked imagery and m- talked about these classic war games matches from wcw which personally like i don't have a great affinity for because obviously i wasn't watching wcw in the height of war games you know not a lot
0: not a lot of them are very compelling 30 years later
1: right and that's and i understand people that did watch them at the time have great love for them and i think that's great but like i said even me not being a big fan of the WCW style war games and maybe being more predisposed to the NXT war games where you get to do big dives and it's all weapons and crazy spots and stuff. I love those matches. They're always great. Yes. Um, I was, again, I just keep coming back to you. I was loving that match last uh, on, on Wednesday night. Yeah.
0: You totally put it over the whole time.
1: Yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so all they had to do was not go to the top of the cage and sure. we and i'd be saying but instead they and again and then that's that's a classic thing i mean we uh, that i think other people brian alvarez comes to mind and said for years doesn't matter how good the undercard is right it matters what the last thing people saw on the show was last thing people saw on that show was a very lame looking stunt bump <laughs> and so that's what people talked about today
0: <laughs> yeah it's silly they did well they they were number one in the demo for the first time in their history uh, on cable for the night. So good for them. Take that the challenge.
1: Hey, QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes wrestled and Cody made sure he got some juice. I thought that was there was like so many people bleeding on this. show. <laughs> I mean, I think the Nakazawa was bleeding a little bit in the opener, but that wasn't on purpose. That was because I think either Moxley or Eddie Kingston just clocked him in the mouth. Yeah. But uh, uh, <laughs> But yeah, Cody got... Cody got a good bit of bit of juice for his uh his angle. He uh, he won clean by submission. Um, and it turns out that maybe QT Marshall was just the heater for Anthony Agogo. As maybe we're shifting to that as the the program. Which, I mean, fair play. I'd much prefer to see Anthony Agogo, or again, literally anyone else, <laughs> uh, including either one of Billy Gunn's dickhead sons. Uh, be the, the leader of this faction against, uh, against Cody. Uh, so if if QT is relegated to the background now, and it's all about like Anthony gogo and the big, the big jacked up dude and, and, uh, and, and the ex, Mr. Bailey. Uh, and we focus on those guys who maybe, maybe you think have something of a, of a future in wrestling. Great. I mean, not great because, you know, QT Marshall's still in the show, but like better, better than the worst thing. Guarantee way to pop me
0: <laughs> do a drive-by on Billy Gunn's kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never expecting it. It always catches me off guard and I always pop for it.
1: You know, it's funny. Like, okay, the one son I think is weird, but like <laughs> Aust- Austin is like, I listened to one of his rap songs. It's not bad. What are you doing like, with your life, man? <laughs> I don't know. He posted on Twitter and one of the other, one of the people from AEW I followed retweeted it and I listened to like a minute of it. Like, okay, all right. It was fine. Like, it's not great, but like I listened to a lot of, I, I had a job where I was supervising a lot of teenagers for a while. So I heard like a lot of SoundCloud rap. Sure. Um, not a lot of it's great. All right. Yeah. Um, he's, he would be in like the upper tier of, of SoundCloud rap rappers i i heard between the like 2017 to 2019 okay but that being said i will still (laughs) (laughs) i'll still just drive by and and take (laughs) out my my qt marshall related uh anger on on billy Gunn's large adult sons whenever.
0: (laughs) never i'm never ready for it you never have to apologize for it but i'm also never ready for it all right um new japan stuff Oh, I guess hang on. Let's wrap up AEW before we move on there. Uh, Kenny Omega is gonna defend against either Pac or Orange Cassidy. I'm guessing Orange Cassidy since Pac like can't get into the country half the time. <laughs> at yeah, their uh, like, their
1: pay-per-view coming up here at the end of the month. Yeah, it's like every other taping he seems to get in. So I don't like know that, yeah. or maybe once a month. I don't know what these what these rules are. But um yeah, I mean I, I think Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega sounds like a hoot. So I'm I'm all for that as a as a match. Now, I mean the obvious thing to criticize there is that uh I think Orange Cassidy's had like one win on dynamite in the last two months. And it was like off of a interference thing in a in a backdrop to a feud between Trent and Chuck and the Lucha Bros. He hasn't had a big win since Jericho, and that was last September.
0: Is that right? Was I believe that- so. November. No, no. uh, I
1: don't remember. Or, yeah, I think it was September. Um, I think it was. It's been. It's, <laughs> it's a long a time. time. It's been a minute. They. Well, if you remember when he was sort of at his zenith of popularity, Cody beat him. <laughs> um, they did a draw on TV, and then they did a rematch, and Cody just beat him. Um, and then he was kind of back to. And then while Trent was hurt, he was just in the tag team with Chuck, and then. Now, Trent's back, and now he, I guess they get to resume his singles push. But, uh, cool. Uh, I just like, again, he, I think he delivers in the ring. Yeah. His his viewership segment, like, if you want to talk business, like, that match with Cody did really, really well in the viewers. His segments generally gain viewers when he's on television. I see no reason not to do Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega. It's just, well, you probably could have, like, because also Kenny Omega wasn't doing much on television for the last month because, I guess they didn't want to set up a challenger while he was, while they were waiting for the him to win the belts off of Rich Swan and the title for title match. So but again, stupid. but but again, that's not my fault, <laughs> and it's not Orange Cassidy's fault. No, and you still could have been building Orange Cassidy even if you didn't want to officially say he's the number one contender and and it's going to be wrestling. Omega, but then also they didn't talk about the Rich Swan match at all on Dynamite until after he had won. So no,
0: if you just if you just watch AEW, you would have concluded, oh, he's probably defending against Moxley again because (laughs) that's who his segments have been with—been with the Young Bucks and with Moxley and Kingston. Right. Yeah. This was this was
1: pretty (laughs) out of left and we're only like we're like what like three weeks out or four weeks out from from Double or Nothing now. So yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend. Whatever. That's Sunday. So it's, it's a thing where they, they have like 10 or 12 weeks between <laughs> pay-per-views, but also they don't, they wait until like four weeks out to start like actually building up fuse for it most of the time. Yes. Um. Yeah. Again, a lot of these complaints, like I said, similar to WWE television, it's the same complaints every week, but I thought there were some new wrinkles to them this week with, okay, Orange Cassidy was a guy you were pushing Six months ago, and you gave him a big win over an established main event guy, seemingly to set up his ascension into that main event. And instead, we pressed pause on that for about seven months, and <laughs> now we're just we press play, and we're kind of hoping nobody noticed that we <laughs> that right. we haven't done anything with this guy in a while. Right.
0: So Omega is the belt collector. He's got a bunch of belts. So now everybody in New Japan calling themselves a belt collector will osprey is the world champion over there he cut a promo called himself a belt collector jay white beat tanahashi in an absolute banger this week this past week and Mm -hmm. uh called himself the real belt collector in wrestling and said if anybody has a problem with that they can come find him so
1: (laughs) do you know what this reminds me of it's um, Piper's. Yes. I think it's on Piper's DVD years ago. Yes. He talks about he when he first <laughs> wore the Icon shirt, and it's like Icon was stood for like I count on no one. It was the NWO font. Right. The idea is everybody else is in a faction, and he's standing alone. Right. And then like the next week, Hogan has a voiceover guy going the real Icon in right. his music, and Macho Man has Icon written on his tape on his finger tape yes and piper's like geez guys it's just like something i said in a promo you guys don't like (laughs) don't take it so seriously (laughs) right yes so now we have eight belt collectors yes so do you think
0: it is that it is just something guys are saying in promos or do you think something's brewing
1: i mean clearly the you know the the channels are open yuji nagata is wrestling john moxley on dynamite next week yep so like we're all we're all friends currently. Yeah, like those promotions are clearly willing to work together. Yep. Now if they've set up and I think they would sell a lot of tickets. And you know, that's that's a if they wanted to do a big a big time show, say in a Madison Square Garden or something, that would probably be a match to put on, would be IWGP champion versus Omega's AEW champion with whatever other belts he has. Um I think the question would then start to come in with uh when we start deciding who the winner of that match is as <laughs> is generally where interpromotional <laughs> angles begin to break down it's like it's easy okay if you're going to send Yuji Nagata like who cares if Yuji Nagata loses right like he's 53 years old right he his job is to wrestle in opening match tags and then have like two bangers a year with uh Suzuki. <laughs> with uh, Suzuki and then right. and then sometimes he ends up in the g1 if they're short a guy (laughs) sure but he's not right he's not there to be put but when it comes to your top push acts your okadas your ospreys your jay whites uh i don't think they're gonna want that guy to lose all of their belts to (laughs) kenny omega and i don't think tony i like and perhaps rightfully show on the other side i don't know that tony khan wants Will Ospreay to waltz in and beat his world champion. So it's always it's always that thing where then it becomes we book this match. Everybody wants to see it, but also we're terrified of booking a finish to it. Right. So it's got to be it's got to be like trying to book Hogan and
0: Sean. <laughs> it's like you book it as a one and one, <laughs> or a one one and one, and then uh, somebody gets hurt before the second one.
1: You know. <laughs> Somebody's back starts hurting brother. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of thing. Like either you do it where just one person's belt is on the line and then there's like interference and that person retains their belt or you do it like some kind of weird chicanery. Like you do a ladder match and like they swap belts or something.
0: It it has to be a one-in-one Situation. Otherwise, you're. I mean, you're just telegraphing the finish, right? I mean, right, exactly. Or, or if you do what you're suggesting, with like, only making it for one title.
1: Yeah. So that's that's the thing. Like, I think on paper, the idea of Osprey and Omega, or another Okada Omega, or Jay White and Omega, especially because of the Bullet Club tie in stuff, that would be exciting. Like, a lot of wrestling fans would get excited about that match and would pay to see it. Would pay to go to it. But it's also one of the things where like, okay, but then the bell rang and we had to figure out what we were doing. Right.
0: Another thing, I don't think a lot of fans have been watching Jay White for the last couple of years. <laughs> I think I think they still think of him as like slightly overpushed, um, cosplaying
1: knife pervert guy. It's, <laughs> it's like, like that at- first Tanahashi Wrestle Kingdom match, Jay White.
0: Right. And it's like, actually... He's uh he's better wrestle than Rick Flair now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. Like I think he's really really good and has been for probably as you said about like at least at least 2 years now. It's I mean been, it's, it's been a while. He's got I mean he's gotten increasingly better but right um uh which is again the sign he's still pretty young and he's only getting better but yeah, I think I think there are people that are still kind of locked in that because again, a lot of people stopped paying attention to New Japan when Omega and Cody left.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a very cold promotion right now with a lot of repetitive booking and not a lot of excitement around it. Even in Japan, where they're like setting all time attendance lows, even though they're like limited as you know doing limited capacity shows, still you draw two hundred people. That's Kirk and all of its bad times.
1: For sure, and I think that they had they had some COVID uh, problems this week, didn't they?
0: Yeah, a couple couple wrestlers tested positive. They pulled them from a show. They pulled everyone that were in the ring with those people that showed up with the fever. They pulled everyone that was in the ring with them the night before, and then the next day, uh, two of those people tested positive. So, you know, they got protocols. It's, it's not ideal to be running during a pandemic. We've been saying it for uh, over a year now.
1: Yeah, I, and, and I mean this is a different discussion entirely, but like I don't know anything about how vaccine distribution is going over there, so I don't know. Not like, well. I <laughs> mean, and part of the problem is that like, you know, this week we've we've gotten to the point where the country is uh we're pretty okay. We're not like actually doing anything yet, but we're like we think it's probably a good thing to relax. Those patents, so that other countries can manufacture these things in large doses. Um, but like, we haven't actually like put that into action yet. We're just like, I support that as like a general idea. That's kind of the point we're at. So should probably get on that, so that all, all of these like you know heavily populated countries can stop having record hospitalizations and deaths every day. The only places
0: in the world that really have this under control are New Zealand, where they haven't had a single case in three months. <laughs> And Australia has had like one case (laughs) in the last like six weeks or something. Like yeah, they got it. They got under control there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, and again, like geographically there it's maybe it's a little bit easier, but yeah, they're also like, they took it seriously. There was a long lockdown in, in Australia. Like I want to say they were locked down for like three months, almost straight. Yeah. Like it was a, a countrywide and Hey, they paid people to stay home and the country is in a socialist wasteland after those three months. Just some food for thought.
0: Alright, well we've gotten your plug for Socialism in. Yep. Um, gotten, uh, a big shout out to uh, Nike, Xfinity and Coca-Cola, three of my favorite brands. <laughs> Got my shout out to Capitalism in. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to discuss this week?
1: No. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, there's, it feels like a lot of stuff is happening in wrestling, but none of it's all that interesting right now. Cause like, like we said, like that belt collector thing could be interesting, but we are (laughs) so far away from like Kenny Omega versus Jay White or Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay being a, a legitimate possibility, much less, like we said, getting to the actual minutia of booking the thing, but well, like it's it's hard. Like there's stuff there's stuff on the horizon. And like I said in the short term, like hey, I think there's going to be some fun matches and and NXT's got some good wrestling on it and all that. But it's like yeah, it's just, I feel like feel like some stuff's happening all over the place, but not a lot of it's like real exciting. I guess I guess you got that that next Tokyo Dome show coming up with with Okada and uh, Osprey running it back.
0: Mm. I'm not uh, I'm not super you know. On the one hand, it does feel like that all that stuff is a million uh, miles away, like that potential stuff, or you know, big shows here in the United States. At some point, like there's just going to be a day where like everything is normal again, and then it's going to get normal real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as wrestling goes, I believe Tony Khan said this week that Double or Nothing at Daly's Place is full capacity show, so. I guess we're getting getting normal a little faster than maybe we would have expected. Well,
0: I'm sure Dr. Khan has everything all figured out.
1: It's Florida, the most COVID-free place (laughs) in the world. What could possibly go
0: wrong? All right. uh, Until next time, everyone, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Adios.
1: Thanks for listening, don't forget to leave us a 5 star review on
0: Apple Podcasts, now here are this week's bonus features.
1: Was upset that for the first time ever that I I did not have Xfinity because I wasn't able to t- tune into and to watch John Means throw the no hitter. I had to listen to it on the MLB Radio app.
0: That is, that's what you get for not being a customer, an Xfinity, a loyal Xfinity customer. Yeah, that was exciting. I I only saw the last I saw the last two innings of the replay uh, today actually. So on xfinity
1: (laughs) yeah no i I mean i enjoyed listening to it apparently they were simulcasting it on sports center by the end there um so i could have probably seen it i don't know it might have been the seattle version of the game or whatever but right i still probably could have watched it but i didn't really think about that also at a certain point i got into that weird jinx mode where i didn't want to talk about what was happening and (laughs) didn't want to get up i didn't want to like move from off the couch like if I had had my second shot, I might have ventured over to Looney's or something to watch it. But I, I just was like, we're going to sit here. We're going to listen to the game. We're not going to go get changed. We're going to sit here till, the, till he gives up a hit or the game's over.
0: So it was pretty much ni- like 1946 in your living room. <laughs> pretty there, much. Sitting there listening to the radio, trying to figure out who wins the
1: ball game. Exactly, exactly. No. Thankfully, no No static, thankfully. Right. A, yeah. But yes, very, A very, uh, very auditory. Didn't have the TV on, didn't have, didn't, wasn't trying to look at my phone too much, just sitting there in abject silence. Because that's what you did. You didn't, <laughs> you sat and you listened. Yes,
0: the, ra- the radio was your TV. If exactly. you well, grew up in a homeschooling family, <laughs> it, was, it was also kind of true.
1: That's right. That's right. that's uh something I was thinking about that I as I as I watched uh the 2021 Mortal Kombat movie with uh a couple days ago on uh, on HBO Max and uh a friend of mine was like, "Oh, did you did you watch like the 1995 <laughs> one when you were a kid?" And I was like, "Dude, it's going to be easier if I tell you that like there's like if you go through all of these movies it's going to be way easy for me to tell me for me to tell you like the three I have seen than like the (laughs) 75 like seminal childhood classics that I just never saw right (laughs) growing up because I listened to radio and I listened to AM talk radio. I listened to adventures and odyssey and I listened, listened to, you know, one or two pre-approved Christian friendly rock bands (laughs) Right. Until I was like 15. <laughs> right. right. That's how it went. Yep. I try to keep on keeping on.